Hello, world. This is Jonathan Tager. I am here uh, with The Brooklyn Show, a show about real estate, everything about real estate, and then some uh, anything you want to know about specifically Brooklyn real estate. But New York City, we, we talk about New York City, our sister city, our sister city over there. Um, I'd like to welcome to the show Mr. Dean Markey. Uh, Dean Markey is not only a good friend of mine. Can I call you a good you friend? You can call me a I very good friend. I know you long <laughs> enough now. I can call you a good friend. You can. Um, uh, but Dean is a prominent uh, real estate developer um, and landlord uh, here in Brooklyn and New York City. And uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate you inviting me. Always. You know that. Always you're invited. <laughs> Um, so I, I guess uh, you know our, our, our listening audience would love to know how did you get your start in real estate? Well, good, I'd say it starts with good luck. Um, I was born to a real estate family, one, one of the, the, the longest running, uh, by no means the biggest, but one of the longest running real estate families. We've uh, been owner operator since 1929 in Manhattan, and um, we started in the restaurant business, transitioned into real estate, and. Um, my, you know, my background a little bit, you know, sort of outside of the family stuff, um, really started with a, a building I bought in uh, in New Jersey, that was a, a gut renovation that I did. Um, actually, it was right before the market collapsed, and um, somebody came. What to year me, is this? It was like two thousand six. I bought it, and um, within a few months, uh, somebody came to me and offered to buy it for seventy percent more than I had paid for it, and. Um, you know, I don't lack um, for humility, but I um, even I felt like that was a bit ridiculous. So, I um, I didn't think I had created that much value. So I so I took that offer, and um, I I stepped to the sidelines. Really, I'd like to say I knew that the uh, you know the market was overheated and was going to collapse. But in fact, what I felt was just something wasn't right. That I had worked too hard to find that building, and as I said. I don't think I created that much value. So, how did what did you do to create value at that property? I mean, look, the bathrooms were falling through to the to the floor below. I mean, it was a true gut renovation, um, it. but it was the worst building on the best block. And we worked hard to buy it and buy it right. And I definitely created value. Um, but as I was saying, once I flipped that, I um, went over to CBRE and I started their private capital group, uh, which was focused on also on multifamily but uh, even though I was you know connected with all the top you know New York City uh, real estate players it um, my heart wasn't necessarily in it so as the market started to recover I bought uh, I raised some money from you know friends and family and we bought 25 apartment buildings one one at a time mostly from lenders who you know had taken them back unfortunately from from people who probably had overpaid for them. But anyway, we, we that was successful. We fixed those up and, and put them back into the market. And then I had an opportunity to do a deal um, here in uh, in Brooklyn, a, a development deal that I think, if I'm not mistaken, you um, you might have even sold one of the apartments. But yeah, I, <clears throat> Jackson, you're talking about Jackson. Jackson, exactly. Yeah. We, we um, what we did was we tried to pioneer the notion of building something contextual so that it looked like an old warehouse. and. Um, it was very well built, and um, we got a tremendous result of almost a 50% premium to the market 
at the time. And those units are even now still selling at top of the market. And um, Oh, yeah, it's a special building. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the fact it, – it's a unique building. I, I think buildings like that, especially – I mean, I hate focusing on exposed brick. Mm -hmm. But All there's right. so <laughs> few condos that have exposed brick. Right, right. Um, so it, it's not – let me ask you a question. Uh, why do you focus on, on the multifamily game? Well, um, uh, truly, my heart is there, but I will say that when I went over to CBRE, I pulled back and I really looked at all the data. And one of the things that struck me about multifamily in particular was they had released a, a, a report that had looked back on like 20 years of all the different property types, industrial, retail, office, et cetera. And what they found was that multifamily has the highest risk-adjusted returns. So if you, um, if you look at kind of where you get the best returns for the least amount of risk, it's in multifamily. In multifamily. And you add to that that, you know, you've you got the tax advantages um, where you can deduct your mortgage and interest and things of that nature. Um, I love the notion that, you, you know, you've got your tenants paying down the mortgage, your cash flow every month. You can impact the value. You can see it, touch it, and feel it. And I think... Those were the things that really attracted me. And um, is it safe to say that you're focused on the condo market or on the rental market, or well, both? Uh, both? I mean, you know, I think what you have to do is you have to understand where the market is, and then you react accordingly. And wherever the market is, we're prepared to play in that in that place and time, if you want to call it that. What what now? What would your strategy be? Um, as far as what you're looking uh, to invest in and, and so forth? So we, what I do is I like to think of myself as an institutional investor on an entrepreneurial level. And what I mean by that is we look at the macro trends. We go very, very high up. We're looking at things like the home ownership rate, uh, migration patterns, job, you know, all those kind of interest rates, things of that nature to find areas, uh, well, not only to know our timing, but then to identify areas that are outperforming the national average. So then we're looking at location. So a city that we think has some inherent value that's gonna cause it to outperform the average. And then we drill down. So for example, if you look at all of Brooklyn, you'd, you know, in the last five years, you'd you know, pretty clearly see that Williamsburg has outperformed, say, uh, Brownsville or something. And, so we're identifying specific neighborhoods and then going street by street to find the right streets. And then lastly, what I do is I go down to the property. So what are the inherent um, you know, advantages of that property? Is there you know, some value add that we can do? Can we fix up the bathrooms, the kitchens, maybe manage it better? Um, are there development rights that haven't been used? Um, you know, something of that nature. And then we focus um, on management. We're, we're you know, enhancing the, the life of the tenant, making it easy for them. Uh, we're trying to create value every way we can, and we're managing for cash flow to make sure that we're getting a nice return. What are your areas of expertise? Like what, uh, what neighborhoods uh, would you say your top three neighborhoods? Well, here in Brooklyn, we still believe that the future is very, very strong for, for North Brooklyn, like, um, you know, Williamsburg, Greenpoint. Um, we still love those neighborhoods. I think, you know, moving towards South Williamsburg is going to be a little bit hotter. Um, I think, you know, Manhattan, we love the Lower East Side. I think Kipps Bay is undervalued. Um, I still think there's an opportunity in Jersey City, even though it's a little bit um, overbuilt maybe in the near term. But um, those are the kinds of what we love are emerging neighborhoods um, where there are a lot of millennials, there's jobs, there's a good concentration of nightlife and restaurants, a vibrancy. 
um, to the neighborhood that, that really makes people want to go there um, and then obviously ideally live there. What do you think about the immediate future of uh, real estate in the city? Let's just t start with the city. Well, uh, I am a long-term thinker about this stuff. Um, I think there are too many different things that happen to try to figure out what's going to happen in the next year or six months or something like that. Long-term people love New York City. They always have. They're going to continue to love it. It's all going to continue to gentrify. Um, the one thing I know about the future is that people will always need a place to live. I'm not sure if that's true for retail and for industrial or office. All that stuff is changing. But, you know, with things like self-driving cars, artificial intelligence, uh, robotics, I know the industry is going to change. But at the end of the day, you and I want to go home and have a place that we can call our own, whether we're renting yeah. it. Uh, near, you know, on a short-term basis, a long-term lease, or uh, owning a home, we need a place to live. And the, the, the reality is there's a shortage of supply um, over the long term. If you look on a national basis, the National Multi-Housing Council says we need to build like 300,000 plus units, almost 400,000, excuse me. We're typically building almost uh, roughly half that. So if you have a longer time horizon, there's a shortage of supply. And the last thing that I see is I think that people have a very high expectation and I think there's a, a merger between um, hospitality and multifamily. I think people's expectations of how they want to live is, is changing and their expectations are high and getting higher. That's fantastic. I think you said it uh, amazingly well. Oh, amazingly well. I appreciate that. And I, um, I, you know, I know there are a lot of people out there who uh, don't necessarily have the time, but definitely have the desire to be in this space. And as I said before, we do sometimes work with outside investors, and we're happy to uh, selectively work with some people whose you know goals are similar to ours. And we do we do the heavy lifting, and and they get to enjoy uh, the benefits. So I appreciate well, your you know letting I, me chat here with you. I know your projects here. I, I know them pretty well, and and I know they've all been quite successful so uh you know I, I wish you continued success and uh look I, I look forward to you know I look forward to working together <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great all right perfect thanks right. Jonathan